Welcome to the Gamer Sing. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm back. I mean, we're both back. We were off We're last both back, week. yep. <laughs> kind of, sort of unexpectedly, Ryan got sick after Extra Life. Like, when does that ever happen? Oh, except for all the times that that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's... It's always um, one of the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my kids were sick before before Halloween and after Halloween, and I was I I work from home, so I was always the one, usually home taking care of them and making sure everyone was good and and uh, and yeah, I I figured I would get sick eventually. I did not anticipate like getting sick the day after Extra Life, like literally like the Sunday after Extra Life. I was like, oh, I do not feel well so last week i well, basically I mean, was yeah. it was like it was what a 14 hour stream so i mean yeah that's gonna wear everybody down and if you were already trying to fight off a bug i can see how a 14 hour stream would really run you down and give it the the chance that it needed to take hold <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i i think it's it's uh there's definitely some 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 fault played uh place there for sure but uh i i still i still had a lot of fun and i think our 14 hour streams um are much much better like than our 24 every anytime anyone brings up like the 24 hour streams of old it's like it's like i just have these flashbacks to like anything after 2 2 a.m was just not fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it absolutely and i feel like even going till midnight like that last hour or so, like I was flagging and it was the like my longest day um, kind of like going straight uh, since having COVID. And it was really hard. And I was just like, I remember thinking at midnight, I'm like, I'm not even making sense anymore. Like my sentences are just not words. <laughs> so I don't really know how entertaining those longer streams must have been. Like I was just like, man, I don't know how I ever did that. So I'm glad that we decided to do, you know, more than one stream, but make them shorter, I think was a really good plan. Um, we do still have, we're about, uh, we're a little bit more than halfway. I think uh, we're just over $4,000 now raised out of our $7,000 team goal. So uh, there's still lots of time to donate. You can donate right up until December 31st. So if you would like to support us, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. Um, I had a really good time on this game day, honestly. Like, I felt like by the time I made it to Hearthstone, when you took a break for a little bit to feed the kids, I was like, Hearthstone was like my chill game. Because <laughs> we kind of came off of it. So we did Splatoon 3 off the start. And then we played Overcooked. And then we went into Ghostbusters. And like, I was like hand sweaty, like try harding through all of those games. There was so much like stress and anxiety in a good way i guess and so by the time i hit hearthstone i was like oh god i just have to play battlegrounds Whew, time to chill excellent <laughs> like my heart needed it i thought it was going to explode yeah yeah uh, that you know it's funny we did our morning um and i guess i should say more of like our first half of the stream was like very co-op focused uh except for splatoon where we we were on teams but uh we were we were kind of we were playing against uh, other teams on the internet and they were um they were inking much us better than the us floor. yeah they were yeah. so much better <laughs> and um i've played a little bit since then uh, online and i and i think it just comes down to like as you said Jocelyn, like you you put it really well is that 
it's so close to Splatoon 3 that everyone who was really into Splatoon 2 just moved right into Splatoon 3. And like there was no skill reset. There was nothing to learn. You just like jumped in and everyone's so much better at that game <laughs> than I am. Yeah. Uh, There's, and, it's yeah. like, yeah, the people the people who were into 2 just picked up 3. And I don't think that 3 really like reached a wider audience like i don't feel like there's a whole bunch of noobs playing no (laughs) and i need the noobs (laughs) yeah yeah there are it it certainly does not feel that way as you're playing and as you're as you're um as as you're trying to uh win these matches and i did play a little bit there was the splat fest uh this weekend for um it was pokemon themed you you pick your your preferred starter i think it was uh well it was fire uh, water or, or or grass type. Okay. And um and and I did get to play a little bit of that in in terms of like how uh Turf Wars they've set it up where they they have a new mode in the Splatfest where it's like it it can be three different teams and um I guess the winning team kind of plays like it's more of like a king of the hill match. Okay. Um, and the and the team that's so, you know in the lead so far at the half time, half point of the Splatfest gets to be like four players on the team and then you're like defending and then like the two other teams, two of each are also on the map and then they're trying to attack and you're basically like, it's like a three way battle. And it was, it's kind of interesting. And, and they kind of, they, that's, I think a, a whole new mode for the game, but what we played on, on the Saturday for extra life, like that is, that is Splatoon two with new yeah, maps. That's classic here for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I and I feel like you know the folks we were playing like already knew the maps, knew the best places to uh, hide and 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 uh, and take over the map with with their ink. We got a few matches though. I think we won we won one we or two. We had a few, yeah. We won one or two, and we had a few that were pretty close. But there yeah. were a lot that were just stomps. And I always I felt bad for the other two people who were on our team because I was like, I know that we're bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, it was it was a good warm up game, and I'm and I'm glad I picked it up for extra life because I I feel like uh that was one that was um I hadn't picked up at launch, so I'm glad I was able to to get it and, and have a good excuse to pick it up. So uh, I did have a lot of fun with that one, but um yeah, and then we went back to the overcooked well, and I'm I'm glad we did there too because we played some of the DLC, and uh, it's DLC that I haven't played previously. Like I've played through the main story of overcooked a couple times or overcooked Two a couple times um and i feel like maybe one of the dlcs but we tried one that had like uh, it was like beach so it was all like burgers and smoothies and like the different sides and stuff and it was just it was a really fun cool like theme because i mean in the end it's all the same stuff right like it's a few different ingredients to make a couple different menu items and serve them in the right order right but um I mean, it's such a good basic premise that every DLC they make just feels like more fun. <laughs> so I really liked the like some of the oh, it was a circus. That's what it was. It was a circus because I remember being shot out of the cannon was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just a lot of super fun chaos. Yes. Overcooked 2 is a lot of fun. I I I have no qualms about repurchasing that game on another platform so we could play yeah. it um with uh with josh and 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 val and i and i know josh wasn't able to join us on extra life game day uh but um yeah time zones are stupid <laughs> yeah and that was that was um 
It, it's 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 always a, a tough, logistical uh, error. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always a logistical nightmare with with extra life. It's just like trying to sort out time zones, and even I think it was Nevermore who did join us for Overcooked Two. Like she woke up, it was like seven o'clock in the morning her time because she thought we might have been playing Sea of Thieves at like yeah. ten in the morning, <laughs> which was like my bad because I I think I didn't say like the. Whether it was an AM or PM. You didn't say AM or PM, and she thought it was a 24-hour stream, so she was ready to go at like 4 AM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that 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 was my bad. But uh <laughs> um we you know, it worked out. She was ready to go for Overcooked 2, and she was also on point when um I was at a point when we were playing Overcooked 2, that was when Ashley was putting Isabel to sleep. So uh the kids who were watching TV downstairs started to creep up. It's like, oh, what's 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 dad doing in here? And Abby came up and and she was like really interested in the game, but more so from just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, and everyone was like, just give her a controller that's not connected and see if it works. And it totally did. It totally worked. And she hammed it up for the stream. Uh, over. Yeah, she was definitely a highlight. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, you know, if you thought Overcooked Two was uh, was a busy game, try playing it with uh, with two five year olds with fake controllers hooked up and them thinking everything they're doing is like, oh man, I just shot Jocelyn out of a cannon so she could go pick up, you know, beef or whatever. And it's like, oh. Yeah, you did. Good you job. Did. Great work. And it's like, so which one am I? I'm the ghost? Like, yeah, you're the pirate. No, I'm the ghost. And it's like, oh, why am I moving this way? But not that way. I feel like this was probably the last year where that was going to work. Where that's going to work. Yeah. yeah. Next year, they're going to be like, nah, it's not me. I know that's not me. That's, uh, that's somebody else. <laughs> nice but... try, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a process. I, I did have to, I did have to mute my mic quite a bit because <laughs> Abby was getting pretty aggressive, uh, <laughs> as, as, uh, as the on screen antics were getting more and more, uh, frantic. So, um, but yeah, we had a, a really good time with that one. And, and I'm really glad we got back to Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed because I think when we originally played it, and and shared our feedback on the show. I think that all stands because like there were some serious issues we had with the game when we first played it. But um giving it a second shot with a full crew, we had Ben and Nevermore join us and and Ben and Nevermore had played uh, quite a bit. So they kind of were able to guide us through it, but we played for a good couple hours, got a a good solid amount of matches in. Um I got to be a ghost, which was a lot of fun too. So like it was um it was a good time. Like we, we were having a lot of fun with it as we were trying to, uh, trying to capture some ghosts and we had some ghosts that were not doing so well. And then we had some ghosts that were, uh, that definitely, um, that were crazy insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we were unable to, uh, to defeat, but a lot of our issues, I think with that game stemmed from a lot of like tech issues and bugs and stuff. And it has been patched a lot since it launched as so many of these service games are. So I feel like a lot of the like technical issues that we were having have been fixed in the interim. And then you're right, having somebody who can help guide us a little bit more um, and also getting to the point where you and I had both had the opportunity to actually play as the ghost. So we understood the powers a little bit more because there was a lot of stuff we just didn't know what was going on when we first tried to play it. And then between not really understanding the gameplay loop and then also having a lot of tech issues just with a buggy game, it was a really off-putting experience. But you're right. I think um, once we actually got in there and and gave it another try, it was really interesting. And what I really enjoy as somebody who plays a lot of 4v1 games, I kind of liked how the like power 
power dynamic almost shifted as you destroyed the rifts or as you captured the ghost. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting um, how you, like there isn't necessarily one power role. Like so in Dead by Daylight, like the killer is the power role or it's supposed to be. There's, you know, some balance issues there that doesn't always make that the case. But that's the idea. That's the general premise <laughs> is that the killer is supposed to be, you know, fast and big and, you know, like can injure you, but you can't injure him, like all that kind of stuff. So I found it interesting that like, at the beginning of Ghostbusters, at the beginning of a match, like the ghost is the super powerful one. They have three respawns. Like they've got all this energy that they can like scare people off and like do all these things. But then like as they start to lose their rifts and lose their respawns and then, you know, like um, have to like rest and, and regain energy and stuff like that, like the power sort of starts to shift over to the Ghostbuster side of things and you you know, do have tools to fight back because you're, you know, busting ghosts. So, uh, so yeah, I think that the the match and the power dynamic, the way the game is built, is really interesting, and and I'm glad that we um, that we gave it another shot as well. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and pl- being able to play as the ghost and and having gone a little further with the tutorial to kind of learn more about how, and and not even just the tutorial, having been there to kind of explain like, yeah, the ghost can move the rifts. And when you, it makes sense to, cause it kind of felt like when we were playing at the beginning, it's like, well, we just keep capturing the ghosts. Like, how is that helpful? And why do the rifts keep disappearing when we haven't yeah, found one? I did not understand that for a really long time. I thought that our, our like AI characters were just finding all the rifts and destroying them. But it was like, no, we were capturing the ghost. And once the ghost uses a rift, it's gone. I was like, oh, they definitely didn't explain that well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in, in, like I think in playing the game and kind of learning more about it as we were playing, um, there's still some you know there's still some weirdness in that like, and I and I don't I don't understand it like you know we make fun of Nintendo and how Splatoon three is set up and how you queue into matches and how you queue out of matches and the options you have when you finish a match. Like I appreciate that the game says like in Splatoon three it's like do you want to keep going? Do you want to change your weapon and keep going? Do you want to stop? And and if you don't choose an option, you stop so that, you know, it doesn't have you AFKing into a match. But in Ghostbusters, it like, there is no way to quit. There was no way for all of us to quit back into the firehouse that we could find that wasn't just we all quit to the main menu. And then if we wanted to play some more, we had to, well, I think we yeah. did. We had to requeue into a party. We had to re, yeah, reform the party. Yeah. And I think that like, a lot of the criticism we levied against the game still stands. And I think that like the, the post match screen only being 10 seconds or whatever, like I still felt like I wasn't able to look at that information and like learn something. And I get that you don't want to hold people up. And if people just want to jump into the next match, fine. But like, cause you do keep jumping in with the same group of people. So the same group of five keep going in unless somebody quits out of the lobby. Um, so, I mean, like, it can be super fast and you can go, like, from one game to the next. But, like, I don't, I didn't feel like I was getting enough information to get better at the game. Um, I wish that it was, like, even a minute countdown and then have, like, everybody get, like, give everybody a ready button. And as long as everybody readies up, then go in faster. But if somebody wants to sit there for a minute, and learn about the game and even like the scoring categories. Like I still can't tell you what are like scoring events in the game, except for touching mushrooms. (laughs) Like, 
I don't know. I just, uh, I think that a lot of the criticism we had from week one of the game is still relevant, but at least they fixed a lot of tech issues and, and made it much more playable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed our, our time revisiting it and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that game goes, uh, specifically if we can get some, some holiday events and it might be a fun game to revisit for our, mm-hmm. uh, actual life holiday, uh, stream happening later in December. Um, like I think our, I think our evening, like our second half was more of a return to, um, you know, staples of, of our actual life with, uh, with Sea of Thieves. We played Sea of Thieves with, uh, Bo and Crofton and it went, like I, I, the feedback I heard from both Crofton and Bo in terms of having you, Jocelyn, guide us through the game, it was like I've not heard these two say like we've we've not accomplished more in Sea of Thieves than we did in that. <laughs> and I and I would say like having played a lot of Sea of Thieves with you and with Crofton and with Bo, like I will I will hundred percent echo that. And like I think like that was our most successful session of Sea of Thieves that I've ever had. Like in terms of loot to gameplay to and this might be like uh like a like a commenting on like how far the games come and and how polished it is and that like you kind of you were able to say like okay we're gonna do this this and this and we're gonna have fun every step of the way and like it was just it was so much fun and it was over way too soon <laughs> and uh, yeah i really felt that too and i think i probably like if i hadn't made you know commitments to you know have other people triple specifically yes. on the stream for the dead by daylight part at the end i think i would have liked to just stick with sea of thieves because it was really fun and i think that sea of thieves that's what it really the the charm of the game that's what it has going for it is that like you can just jump into any server with any group and go and I think that they they have that much more than what they did in the past, where it's like you can just kind of like look around and then be like, oh, hey, that looks interesting. There's a giant skull in the sky or there's a boat in the sky or, hey, that island is glowing all green and stuff. And there's like and because uh, I didn't know what was going on. But it's like there's an element of like discovery there where like I literally I was like, hey, that island is glowing. We should go see what that is. And then it was this little like fort thing with a bunch of like spirits we had to kill. And then we were like finding dolls and keys and things. And I was like, this is really cool. Like nobody gave us a quest to do that. It was just like there was a light in the sky. And I was like, let's go find out what that light means. (laughs) It's got to be something. Um, so I think that's really where Sea of Thieves really shines is in some of those kind of sandboxy moments. And I know that's what they were going for off the start of launch. It just, they didn't have enough things to discover. And now I feel like the game is so full that you can literally just go into any server and find something to do, which is super interesting. And they do have like more guided experience and quests and stuff, but like, you can kind of get bogged down in that if you're not necessarily playing all the time. And I thought since we only had such a small amount of time, it would be more fun to just like get in the ship and go and see what we find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you didn't get as nearly as much crap as I got for usually uh, customizing the ship. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made us the sparkle unicorn boat and nobody fought me on it. And I was like, good. Yeah. <laughs> if I just sail away from the island fast enough, none of you can change it anyway. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think uh, I don't even think they know how to change it because every time I change it, they would just give me heck, but they wouldn't fix it. I they said, were- <laughs> like, look, I changed it. 
but like I'm not gonna fix it. But you guys can certainly go on on to uh, on the land and, and fix it. It's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, I usually set it to like I have. I think I have a bunch of promotional. It's like Xbox 25th anniversary oh, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> makes everything look like the um the old uh, Xbox giant controller uh, from from way back <laughs> in the day. And uh, it always uh, it upsets them so, and I think that's why I keep doing it. Honestly, yeah, obviously. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I can understand yeah. how that would be super immersion and world breaking. Yeah. At least I went with a fun unicorn celestial theme. That's that's just fantasy. That fits <laughs> in the pirate world more than an Xbox controller. <laughs> it worked. I mean, here's the thing. Like I, uh, as we were playing it, and this is the thing about you know Sea of Thieves. Like it's this big open world. You you might run into other pirates. And, and it's like, it feels, um, I think like we, we ended up putting up our, a flag of some kind that like made it so people could see us on the map. Right. That was the idea. Yeah. We were reapers. <laughs> right. So then this other ship found us and then like, they were talking to us through voice, not voice chat, but through text chat, I think. And, and they were saying they brought us a gift. And of course, like we thought like, oh, no, they snuck something on board and they were killing well, us. He said, yeah, he said, we brought you a gift and then like blundered me in the face. And I was like, oh, so death is your gift. OK, let's mess him up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know, like I. <laughs> but then in the end, yeah, they actually brought over their captain's book and a whole bunch of guys got achievements. And I was like, oh, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. no, they were being a little a little weird and that's the thing about online interactions like it, it was a little weird it was just like <laughs> like i feel kind of uncomfortable about what's going on here like they're they've they're on the ship like you can you can literally find these like giant explodable barrels and that was my first reaction is like they've snuck something on board that they are going they're to gonna like, explode us <laughs> yeah exactly like i was worried for our safety but like everyone's like we checked the ship like three times ryan there's no problem uh everything's good and, and we kept finding them and they kept like and then and then they were like I think they were logging off but they had like parked their boat and we just parked up beside them <laughs> just unloaded on the boat and um they weren't too happy they were like hey what you doing don't do that <laughs> it's like we're pirates <laughs> yeah Yar! it was uh and then I felt like we were we were the bad guys it's like oh we lived long enough to see that we became the bad guys even though <laughs> They, they made us they they really did like i think like they we they did bring something on board that we were able to turn in and get an achievement or like i think like get some money for it or something i, I don't know what it was but <laughs> they had found something i don't know what it was but it was weird and it was just it was one of those interactions where like um in sea of thieves like you can run into other players and my experience has always been for the most part is like cautious um uh like a cautious uh uh yeah what's the word i'm looking for like a cautious like we're gonna work together type thing optimism yeah cautious <laughs> optimism of like not everybody's gonna come come over and just blow up your boat the only reason we blew up their boat is because most of the time what happens like people will jump on your ship and then start getting up in your face and stuff and and that's very much what that person did but but they were also trying to say that they were giving us some sort of gift of some kind, uh, which I thought was death, but it was, it turns out to be a little bit of both. It was an achievement and death. <laughs> little bit of death, a little bit of achievement points. Yeah. It, it <laughs> Why worked not both, both ways. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a but lot yeah, of fun. I thought that, yeah, I thought that was, a, I had a really, really good time and it was super fun to play with Croft and Bo too. Um, 
Bo is just such an entertaining person <laughs> to <laughs> hang out with. So, yeah, I just, uh, I yeah, I thought it was a really, really fun time. And then at the end, when you were all trying to climb up onto the ship, that just kept blowing you up. And everyone was like, hey, what's happening? And then climb up again, get blown off again. Oh, I was having a great old time. <laughs> yeah, we weren't really sure what was happening. We kept getting, yeah. you know, shot <laughs> off, off the, the uh, ladder. <laughs> off the ladder. And, and, and like... Uh, just standing on the dock, lobbing bombs at you laughing. <laughs> that's yeah. the highlight for me <laughs> that is the traditional way of ending like a sea of thieves session is just like you know mutiny basically that's, yep. <laughs> yeah that's how it works and uh and we usually usually sink the ship uh in some grand fashion i think when we played uh we played for avendads we took the ship out into the ocean and then we just we just sunk ourselves and i think there's there is an achievement for playing everyone playing music as the ship sinks yes as the ship goes down yep <laughs> i already had that one i wonder why i mean <laughs> you know i probably got it why yeah i mean probably every session ends that way and uh it's like, oh yeah we can get an achievement it's like yeah i i earned it like you know probably the Years first year ago. the game came out but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun, and and um, and you know now you know who Crofton is, so that's good, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and and we did have fun with Bo, and and um, and then yeah, with uh, we we ended the night with with Dead by Daylight, and Dead by Daylight's always a tough one because I feel like it's it's the one where I come back to like once a year or so, yeah, and it changes so much every year, but like, um, and it, it mostly comes down to like, okay, who is the killer and what's going on, and and. But they've also been releasing so much new content that like I think they they're like a new killer every couple of months. So like if you leave it for a year, there's like five or six new killers you have to learn. Like it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it. But, you know, I, it was a lot of fun. And um, I think you were playing on Xbox. Uh, and so I was, was playing on my Xbox and I didn't have any sound like a proper sound. It was coming out of the back of my monitor just because of how my setup works, which normally is not a big deal. But for Dead by Daylight, like it's such a sound based game that like I couldn't hear any terror radiuses. I couldn't hear like any of the directional sounds or anything. So like I was basically playing blind and i i just didn't know what was going on so <laughs> but it was fun it was a lot of fun i'm glad that <laughs> i'm glad that we can play cross-platform now so that i can play on my um xbox instead of my pc account because if i played on my pc account then you would have had a much worse time <laughs> <laughs> i the one thing i'll say about dead by daylight and, and you know it, it had it had nothing to do with you know, the folks we were playing with like triple phase and, and, um, and we can kidding were, were awesome. It was great to, to play the game with them, but I always find with dead by daylight, you, it, it, your, your match is only as good as the person you queued in with as the killer. And I think like we had some really fun matches where we, we still, we may not have won or we may not have escaped, but, um, but we had a fun time. We had a fun time. <laughs> but then there were other matches where the killer is like clearly like, okay, you're just being a dick, you know? And yeah. And like, I really wish there was a way for the game to combat that in like a, like from a gameplay perspective. Yeah. Whereas like in comparison to the other 4v1 game we played with Ghostbusters, it really felt like the matches were, it were short enough and like the ghost really couldn't be uh, you know a dick couldn't really make you have a bad time he could yeah. win but it didn't necessarily impact our gameplay loop yeah i know yeah. what you mean and and dead by daylight is a much more interactive game yeah 
I guess. Um, like, I feel like you are the killer is just constantly in some like in in combat, I guess, in contact. I don't know what you how you want to describe it, but like is always interacting with usually like at least one survivor all the time. So you just by the the nature of the game, whereas like Ghostbusters, like you can be the ghost and never see the Ghostbusters. Like, you know, you can, you know, play super stealthy and hide and just like haunt and scare and whatever. Um, And, you know, that is a valid win condition, right? But like the killer has to find and overpower the survivors in Dead by Daylight. So that can lead to, you know, the more direct interactions you have, the more forced interactions you have, the more opportunities for dickish behavior, right? So (laughs) it's just, it's a difference in game design and there are a whole bunch of different things that you could do. But the problem is that like changes that you make to punish killers for like unfun behavior, you have to do the same on the survivor side as well. Yeah. Otherwise it just becomes a really unbalanced game. So yeah, you know, there's give and take, and I think there's a fun way to play. And I know when I play killer, I very much try to play like as fun as possible, but those kind of killers also lose a lot. So there's that. Like the the people who were quote unquote dicks were the people who were playing to win at all costs and at the expense <laughs> of the survivor's fun. Um, which, you know, like when I play killer, I very much try to be almost like a, like a dungeon master in D and D. Like I very much try to be like, okay, the survivors are in my game now. How do I make sure that they have a good time? And, you know, like, I, I think that that leads to good matches, but not everybody plays like that. People play to win, which is fine. I get it. Like it's a competitive, like PVP, PVP game. Like I understand the want to win, but yeah, sometimes it leads to, not as fun interactions and gameplay loops so yeah and it was the last game we played and as we yeah. said at the beginning of the conversation we were i like i was i was fading around like the halfway point i was point. so tired and uh <laughs> and it was funny because at the beginning of the night it's like yeah i'll probably jump out around midnight it's like oh i might go a little bit you know justin's like i might go a little bit later and i knew we were both you know, uh, we were we were both done at the end when we were both like, okay, yep, bye. <laughs> and I like yeah. midnight. <laughs> we and, made it to twelve. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and and I think like that was um, D- Dead by Daylight is is one that I like. It, it is usually our last game we play because like it it is it it does well at the end of the night, and um, I think it might be it might be fun to move it up. You know, yeah, for for you know one of our other streams, and and you know there's some holiday stuff in there too, and. We have lots of options for um, for later on in December to play games and stuff. And I think I think, uh, you know, being more awake for Dead by Daylight and and having a better speaker set up (laughs) for you (laughs) so you can hear what's going on, because it it is helpful to have that guide. And I think both you and and Triple Phase were were super helpful in that regard of like as we're playing, you can kind of you kind of know what's going on. You're explaining as to what's going on. You know, and and when you say like a what was one of them as an example, like iron hook or something like so if the if the killer put a survivor on a specific hook, it would make all of the uh, generators oh, yeah. explode. Scourge hooks. Yeah, scourge hooks. Yeah. So like, you know, knowing that sort of stuff, I, I always find it's so much easier to play Dead by Daylight and games like it when you have some like a like a guide alongside you, you know. Like you wouldn't have really can tell you about all the yeah, the mechanics and the perks and all that kind of stuff. The things that change the normal gameplay loop. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. That's super helpful. 
So other than uh, extra life stuff, which now, you know, we're we're a couple we're I guess a week and a half out from um, what have you been playing anything else in the meantime? Yeah. Other than, you know, like the trying to get better game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like besides uh, trying to uh, recover here. So for the last um, week and a half since since Extra Life, I've been kind of poking around with um, uh, this new game called The Entropy Center. Uh, I received a review code for this one and I've been playing it on um, both PC and Steam Deck. Um, so I've been really enjoying it. And uh, so so it's essentially it's a first person puzzle game. And it very much reminds me of Portal. You do have a science gun, so you got that going okay. for you. Um, but it is not a gun that creates portals. It is a gun that can rewind uh, objects in time. Okay. So all the puzzles are based around, um, there's a lot of switches and like jump pads and stuff like that. But uh, all of the puzzles are based around like, how do you navigate the puzzle room um, while rewinding objects to have them uh, go to specific switches and stuff so for example early on in the game there's like two switches on the ground one opens the door at the end of the level the other one um let's say creates a staircase or something that allows you to get up to the higher level but you only have one cube so what you would do is you take that cube you place it on the 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 pad that opens the door then you pick it up again and you move it to the to the pad that creates the staircase and then you you would go up the staircase and then when you're on the ledge, you point your rewinding gun at it and you rewind it in time and you just see the cube sort of just like float up and there's like a little dotted line in in the world. And that shows like the timeline of that object and right. you can kind of rewind it back to the first switch so that you can open the door at the end of the level. And like that's a very simplified explanation of how the puzzles work, but it's essentially like it builds upon that. Yeah, um, that fairly simple concept. Yeah, like throughout the whole game. And it's very similar to Portal in that like as you progress through the game, they're implementing new like objects. There's like a there's like like I said, there's some jump pads that you can move around. And and it's as it sounds like when you when you walk onto them, you do a little hop. If you there's also momentum. So if you jump on them from a higher ledge, you're going to you're going to hop back up uh, at the same distance on another uh, to the other side of something. And again, you can use your rewind powers to kind of move that jump pad around. And, and you have to kind of like approach each puzzle as if it's like you're solving it, but you're solving it backwards. So it's backwards, like, yeah, yeah. And, and you have to kind of and it, it like sometimes you'll you like need to think with portals. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, you're thinking with um, be kind Time? rewind or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and, and really you don't have to be kind. You can just get through the puzzle. You don't have to worry about like rewinding everything to the beginning. Uh, you're not going to get a fee <laughs> attached to your account or something. Um, There's going to be so many people listening to this. I know. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there used to be a thing called VHS. We used to rent them from a store and you right. had to rewind them back to the beginning before you took them back to the store to be given to somebody else <laughs> yeah and then if you didn't do it uh, they got some mad and they find you, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah look if you're confused just go to netflix look up there's a new blockbuster uh, <laughs> oh yeah there is that blockbuster show or whatever yeah go check it out yeah, <laughs> they'll go explain watch it. everything to you <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll it'll go into a little more details although it's a really weird that show i did start watching it and i I love the actors that are in it. So like, that's why we're watching it. It's not great, but it's, it's not that bad, but uh, it's like set in 2022. So it's like, 
it it doesn't go into the details of like oh, it, okay it goes into the detail of like late fees and stuff like a little bit but it's more of like like how does a blockbuster survive in in 2022 um spoiler alert it doesn't really <laughs> um, uh especially if you uh if you if you're trying to survive the way they're doing it um but you know that all being said with with the entropy center like there's strong portal vibes with this one um yeah even just like looking at screenshots and stuff it does look it's very like abandoned like yeah. warehouse uh gray wall with like shrubs growing out of it out of cracks and stuff like it does look very portally yeah and uh the gun talks to you it's got a very um a very good sense of humor the game has a very good sense of humor and and the gun is like constantly like it, you know you can see it, it's in the logo like the gun has like a little yeah it's got face. little a little face on its little screen <laughs> yeah and and she'll you know the gun will talk to you and give you feedback as you're going through and and in between levels they'll they'll make some jokes and and have a good time and and uh, it, like it is is just a lot of fun it's been a great game to play um, while sick especially on the Steam Deck it, it runs really well on the Steam Deck it's not verified for the Steam Deck but it will run. Uh, on the Steam Deck, it just means that there's not like settings in place where you just boot it up and it and it works. But right. um, for the most part, with a little with a little you know PC encouragement, <laughs> yeah, you can get it working pretty well and it, it runs really well. And and um, yeah, it's just it's been it like when it comes to Portal type games, like there hasn't been a lot of them since Portal Two. Like I know I know there's been some attempts, but like this feels like they're really the first time where we've gotten like a really good um one of these you know and and they're not easy games to make you know, like puzzle games yeah. alone are, are very tough to 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 make and 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 have them be well received because like yeah there's a very fine line between like too easy and too hard and yeah. then like it, when you make them harder like that going to the point of frustration <laughs> i think a lot of games can lean like too far in the difficulty level and then people get frustrated but if you make it too easy then people just like bounce off of it because they're like this is dumb and and too easy and i don't like it because there's no challenge so like there's a very fine line when you're creating a puzzle game of like finding that balance between puzzles that are solvable but still challenging yeah and like as the game progresses and they're introducing more like um elements there's uh you know there's there's a laser cube which is which is similar to what we've seen yep. in Portal um but there's like a like a bridge cube so when you lay it down it'll it'll create like a light bridge um and it's just it's really interesting to see as you're progressing through some of the later puzzles where you'll get like halfway through the puzzle and you realize like oh wait I need this cube over here but i also need it to go back to the start of the level so that i can actually exit so like sometimes you might end up if you know, the levels are a little bit larger you might actually um like halfway solve it and realize like oh i gotta reset it and then go back and like queue it all up again so that that i'm able to reverse it into the proper way and and again like it really comes back down to like in portal like you got to think in portals and then this one like you got to think in reverse of like what do i need to do to get out of the level but also traverse and like what pieces of the puzzle do I need at certain stages and and but all that being said like it sounds like that would be frustrating but honestly it's not frustrating to do a puzzle again um because it is it is a lot of fun to work with the pieces that it gives you 
uh, as you're going through the game. I, I did have one issue though, like as I was playing through and like, and this is in comparison to other, you know, puzzle games like Portal. Portal's controls felt very snappy and and like especially with the jumping puzzles. Um, whereas in the Entropy Center, there are some moments where you have to, uh, you know, you have these jump pads and um, you have to hit them just so, so that you can like traverse, um, you know, like chasms and stuff. So because you're queuing up the level and you're trying to solve it in, in reverse, sometimes if you fail the puzzle halfway through, you have to reset the whole thing. So with the, with the jumping puzzles, like it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't handhold you in a way you have to hit it like just so, so that you can continue through the puzzle. And if you miss it, there was some moments where I missed it like three or four times in a row and I had to like, I gotta set this up again. And it was getting a little long sort of, and and a little like, oh gosh, tedious. Okay. I I missed it again. I missed it again. So like (laughs) there is some like quirkiness in some of the controls there, but, um, it didn't, it didn't like, it didn't harm the experience, uh, you know, too much. Like it, it, it just happened every once in a while. And, um, it's maybe one or two times in, in the, in the like five or six hours that I've played so far of the game. And, um, you know, it's 30 bucks on steam. Like it's not a, it's not a full price game. You, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say like it's a budget title, but it's like, it is it from a puzzle perspective and a puzzle game. Like it is really well, priced um on steam at $30 Canadian and and like i said it is it is a lot of fun the story is really interesting you know you're kind of like like <laughs> like portal you kind of wake up you don't know what's going on and you're you're discovering this world through the eyes of the character you're discovering mm. it at the same time you don't know what's happening but you discover that like the whole point of the this is very early on in the the entropy center is like you're solving these puzzles to develop energy. And the reason you don't know what's going on is because like they need you to solve the puzzles puzzles organically so that the energy is, is, um, is created. So they kind of like, they wipe your brain every time you, you finish all the puzzles. But the idea is like you build up this energy to power this device that rewinds earth every time there's like a catastrophic event. And essentially the center, which is on the moon it will, um, <laughs> of course, of course, because every <laughs> every space base is 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 on the moon. Um, essentially, what it does is like it will. So, for example, if an asteroid hit Earth, it will rewind Earth five years, send the data to specific government officials, um, and t- <laughs> to let them know like how to avert. Okay, in five years, there's this crisis, and the like. The Entropy Center's whole job is basically to like let earth know protect the earth from destruction yeah yeah and it's it's an interesting concept and obviously the story goes in like it goes a little bit further in like you know it didn't quite work this time um okay because i was gonna say it would be really like (laughs) i want like super sarcastic messages (laughs) to be coming out of the entropy center to be like this is the 18th time we've told you about this goddamn asteroid could you please Fix it. You have yeah. five years. You have tried these things. They did not work. Come on now. <laughs> we can only solve these puzzles so many times. Yeah. But, you know, um, I don't think they make, I don't think they make that commentary, but like, it's kind of, uh, that would be funny if it was like that, um, that Netflix movie where they know the asteroids coming and they do basically everything to, 
to avoid not trying to solve the yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, that movie was. Uh, that was so disappointing. It's too real. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like I, I don't get that sense, but. Like I said, like the the puzzles are really fun to solve, and and outside of like that one issue that that I that I would come across, like I've only come across a couple times where like puzzles were kind of getting in the way of themselves, just just based on the mechanics of like the jumping puzzles. Um, but that being said, like rewinding time and um, using the rewind function to place you know your bridges in just a specific way and. And, you know, I say this like where sometimes the mechanics get in the way of themselves, but other times the mechanics are very forgiving in the sense that if I need this puzzle block to go back to the very start of the level, I just have to hold down the rewind button and, and yep, that block will just shoot right back to the beginning. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you don't need, li- you only need line of sight to start the rewind and then you just hold it down. And as long as you hold down to, to get it back to where you need it, it works. So like it's it works really well in that regard where it's like it's it's very forgiving in the sense that like you only need line of sight to start the rewind and it doesn't punish you if like you know you need to rewind it to the beginning of the level as long as you didn't reset the timeline of that object it's gonna go back to the beginning eventually and uh it is similar to portal very satisfying when you when you um when you when you solve a puzzle and because like you're you're sort of building the solution in reverse as you're playing, you know, solving that puzzle, you kind of get that, um, you kind of get that realization twice is like, oh man, I solved it. And I know I'm going to solve it because like I've set it up in just a specific way. <laughs> and, uh, and you kind of get it twice. You get it like when you set up the solution and you get it again when you exit the room and it's like, ah, it's just so satisfying. And, and again, like it's, a, it's a smaller title, you know, there's a lot of big games coming out right now with, you know, God of War and um, Pokemon and Call of Duty and, you know, insert November release here. And I think like <laughs> this one shouldn't be avoided because I think it's it's a it's a nice, smaller experience. Well, the first Portal was a really small experience, too, um, in comparison to Portal 2. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I would probably put this in line with Portal 2 in terms of length and and sort of like the story and scope that they're going for. But like, I think um, that's still a lot more bite sized than a lot of the other stuff we're getting right now. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to worry about a battle pass or, you know, which edition you have <laughs> to buy. It's just it's it's nice to play these smaller games every once in a while. And and I I'm you know, there's a reason I I, I don't have Ragnarok to talk about this week It's because I've been while I've been playing Ragnarok as well. Like I've also been been playing this game and um it's just been fun to boot up for, you know, a couple hours here and there on the Steam Deck. And it, like I said, it runs really well. And mm-hmm. But it also runs really well just, you know, PC with a controller. And and I'm sure it worked just fine with a, you know, uh, keyboard and mouse as well. And, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, speaking of Ragnarok, <laughs> so we are, we are going to save our Ragnarok conversation until next week. But um, I just kind of a quick... God of War thoughts because uh, I didn't make too many comments in the God of War threads in the game club. Um, I was a few weeks behind anyways, but uh, I started to notice pretty quickly that my opinions on the game weren't necessarily the same as everybody in the game club. And like, I didn't want to yuck anybody's yum. And I understand that like people really, really love this game, but oh my God, I was getting breath of the wild feels from it and not not in a like comparing god of war to breath of the wild way but in comparing like 
my reaction versus the internet to this game feels very much like my reaction to Breath of the Wild versus the internet. Like, um, I guess it, it probably has a lot to do with expectations because people really love this game. And I think that um, for me, like the the main story just didn't really do it for me. I thought that there were a couple of points in the story that were like where the motivations were not very apparent and that I just really didn't connect with the content. And in some cases, the characters weren't written very well. And then so the the kind of story beats didn't land for me, for me, for me, for me, for me. Please don't murder me, <laughs> Internet. Um, and then like... I kept with it because I absolutely loved the lore and the larger universe. So like the lore around like Thor and Odin and the, the basically anytime Mimir opened his mouth, I was like, this is gold. I love this. <laughs> and it's like, those are all the parts that the writers didn't really write. <laughs> like that's all the stuff that's like Norse mythology. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. Like Kratos didn't really land for me. Uh, Treus didn't really like he, he was okay, but I really, really, really didn't like him um, in a very specific, like midpoint of the game. Um, and yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail because again, like I know a lot of people really love this game and I'm, I'm not going to like rip it apart. I just, um, definitely stuck with it because of the wider world. And I think there's an interesting story that's coming. I guess mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. Like I am very interested to see where the sequel goes, where Ragnarok goes. Um, but yeah, I had a really hard time, um, progressing through the main story in uh in the god of war 2018 game i guess just god of war see there's god of war ragnarok so i feel like god of war should have another title <laughs> like god of war the start that's <laughs> yeah. well, god of war 2018 <laughs> yeah right like <laughs> something more than just the date to i guess we could just call them god of war and then ragnarok but um anyways yeah i just i felt like um I'm glad that a lot of people in the Discord had a really good time. I didn't want you guys, excuse me, I didn't want you guys to think that I had just stopped playing or that I wasn't reading your comments or anything like that. Um, yeah, this just really started to feel like a game for me where I was like, I do not hold the popular opinion here. So I'm just going to let you guys have at it and have a good time. And I'm going to just, you know, take, you know, five to 10 minutes on the show and, and just chat about my overall thoughts because. Yeah, I was I was not the biggest uh, fan of of the main story. I there were characters that I liked. Um, there, like I said, the universe was really interesting. The lore was really interesting. Um, I just didn't particularly like the story that much. Um, but yeah, like the the dwarves were amazing. Like Brock and Sindri, I really <laughs> liked. Yeah. They were great characters. Um, yeah, there and and I I really liked Freya. There just there were a lot of really interesting characters. I just didn't necessarily think those interesting characters were the two that you were with all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I think like um, I we talked about it uh, you know extensively before the show because I was like honestly I was like I need to have a conversation with Ryan because I need to know if I'm allowed to talk about this on the show or oh, not. 
Um, and and you know, for the record, we can always talk about anything on the show. Uh, and I and I had said like I I want and I was being truthful. I want you to go play the Last of Us Part One remake. Let's just rip the bandaid off of all the. The, the PS4. All the um, beloved titles <laughs> that I didn't touch that everybody loves that I'm just going to play and be like, well, this isn't that great. <laughs> and everyone's going to get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I think, I think that, um, I think that The Last of Us Part One, I think you would really enjoy that, that story in, and, and, uh, because you'd be getting the same story that everyone else got with the best gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like God of War 2018, like, there are, you know, having revisited the game, played it at launch, and then played it now with with Game Club, like there are some very clear, like we're not giving you the answer to this, and the characters are frustrated, and you're frustrated that you don't have the answers. Um, no one's getting those answers in God of War 2018, and and where that game ends, it's they they pull back some of you know the, the you know the they pull back the curtain a little <laughs> yeah they pull back the curtain a little bit on it but still it's like they answer some questions but those answers introduce even more questions and you're still left wondering like well why why did we have to go what was the whole point of this quest why is uh why is is Faye holding back um this you know very clear information that we might need <laughs> to try to solve this issue and i think like that's where you know, God of War and now Ragnarok um, being a two-part story and then confirming that this game, Ragnarok, ends the Norse sort of section of this God of War story. Um, you feel that when you're playing Ragnarok, especially early on, where it's like they are they are leading us into answering these questions, you know, introducing more questions, but still like addressing some of the stuff that was happening in the first game. Like the first game ends with Thimble Winter starting, you know, which is which is the precursor to Ragnarok happening in, in Norse mythology. And um yeah, like I I'm I'm I think I'm like and I know there's been some threads set up in Discord, some folks are a little bit further than others in terms of Ragnarok. Um I think I'm like I'm in the th- I, I there's no chapters, right? So it's so hard and this was the problem with God of War is like how do you how do you split it up in a way without spoiling how far mm-hmm. you are in the game and or where you get to visit. But like Ragnarok in, in terms of the media has said like, you know, you are, you are on a journey to save the nine realms. And, and um, I think it's fair to say with Ragnarok, I think I'm about five to six, maybe eight hours in, I've visited two or three different realms and, and the game moves at like a, it, it moves at a steady pace, but like no one's in a rush um, in Ragnarok to, um, get to Ragnarok like it, it doesn't seem like there's this ticking clock in the background mm. you know there's still like a bunch of Fimble Winter to go Ragnarok's on the horizon it's happening it's coming but it's not like it's not like Mass Effect 3 you know the Reapers are yeah. coming type thing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah which is good which is good yeah I'm only I think I've only played for about three hours I'm I'm still in kind of like the first major area I guess um I'll put it that way. <laughs> and uh, but I've mostly been been focusing on the side quest because uh, I think Mimir is the most interesting character, um, especially with all of his background with Odin. So I've really been forced uh, like focusing on him and his background and his backstory 
And I find that really interesting. So um, yeah, like I, I think that um, once I get back into, which I think I've done all the side quests that are available to me right now, but once I get back into the main quest, then hopefully things start to, to you know, kind of um, narratively make a little bit more sense. But like, yeah, I just, and, and again, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail because I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm not going to go <laughs> into fine. a whole ton of detail. But uh, yeah, I just, it was the main story just wasn't for me. Um, and, you know, but uh, but the world and the kind of challenges and the combat and the puzzles and everything else, like I, I really found all of that interesting. And they introduced a lot of quality of life things from the first game to the second game. Like, the fact that I could flick a, a setting in Ragnarok to not have to like press the circle button for all those traversal parts and to just be able to like run up to something and it just automatically jumps me over instead of again having to like time the circle button and stuff like there were there are quite a lot of accessibility features that like just for me as a gamer gave me a lot of quality of life improvements from the first game to the second game. So even just that has made the experience a little bit smoother. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to see the franchise through <laughs> or at least the these two games worth of the franchise. I don't know if they're going to do more after this in like Egypt or whatever, but I think that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see Ragnarok through anyways, just to to see how the lore plays out, because it's a, it's a piece of mythology. It's a, it's a whole branch of mythology, I guess, that I'm really not familiar with. So like all of these revelations about everything is like it's all new to me. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, the people who wrote Norse mythology were great writers. It's very interesting. Well, they've had hundreds of years to kind of yeah, exactly. sort it out and pick the good parts. I mean, I just remembered a question that I, I can't believe mm -hmm. I waited until almost the end of the show to ask. Did you end up buying like the cloth map edition or did you just get like the digital? I did not. I got the digital deluxe edition. I figured uh, that uh, that I could probably pick up the pieces of the collector's edition that I really wanted at some point if I really, really want them. Um, so, yeah, no, I just went with the digital uh, version. Well, there you go, folks. You waited to the end of the episode. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get the answers, the, the things that really matter. <laughs> I almost forgot to ask and I was like, someone in Discord was like, I can't believe you forgot. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I can. I can certainly, you know, believe that I forgot, but I didn't. You didn't. You didn't. And and we're almost at the end of the episode, but we're not totally done. We do have some news. But before we get to that, I did want to remind everybody that, again, we are still about halfway to our goal for Extra Life. So if you could donate or share the link, we would very much appreciate it. You can find the team at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. Also wanted to point you over to our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash the gamers in if you like what Ryan and I do, just like Soldier Hawk did, who is our, our November patron. Thank you so much for supporting the show. That does bring us to the news this week. And apparently the Lionsgate CEO thinks that John Wick would be an excellent game. A triple A game. Sorry, not just any game. A triple A game. Uh, which I mean, like, so I've seen the first movie. I haven't seen the subsequent one one or ones. I'm not there's sure even. Two others? Uh, are there two or three total? Yeah, there's John Wick 2, John Wick 3, and then there's John Wick, I think, 4 coming out. In okay. March. I was gonna make like a you know like a silly comment about like John Wick two. He's back and he's gonna you know he's gonna be John Wick even more. I don't know, but um, <laughs> they are literally I think just called John Wick Chapter two, three, four. Um, but yeah, like there and and you know here's the, the funny thing when I saw this tweet and we are catching up on the news because we were off last week, but I saw this tweet and I'm like, there's already been 
like a John Wick game. There was the John Wick uh, hex game that came out from um, uh, the the dude behind uh, Thomas was alone and and volume. Um, uh, can't remember Mitchell. I have no idea. I don't know. I am going to be no help here. <laughs> no, I know that. Uh, that's fine. But anyways, there was a John Wick game before. Um, but this is this is the idea of like you know oh we're 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 fielding proposals for a big AAA game, which I assume would be some sort of like first person shooter, right? Which sounds. I think it would have to be like the only thing that makes me think it would be anything else is that people really want to see Keanu, right? Yeah. So like. If you make it a first-person shooter, you are Keanu, and that's not good enough. <laughs> so that's the only reason that I think that they could maybe try to make it anything else is just because people would want to see John Wick, want to see Keanu. Like, the internet loves him. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like if you make a first-person shooter, you're really missing out. <laughs> so maybe, like, maybe you could do, like, a combination of third and first-person, but maybe maybe it is, like, a third-person action game. And they can kind of do more like those Matrix games that came out way back in the day. Like they weren't great, but like they were third person action shoot 'em up games. And I think you could probably do something like that. And um, I'm like in my head, I'm picturing like Batman, right? Like (laughs) John Wick is very Batman-y. He's basically Batman without the grapple hook, right? And he likes guns. He uses guns. And he doesn't wear a cape. (laughs) He doesn't wear a cape, although he could pull one off. You know, he could. Um, he definitely could but yeah the more we talk about it the more it's like you know he's not really batman no he's not he's not he's not batman (laughs) but um he he, but i think the batman style game could really work for john wick because again the internet wants to see keanu (laughs) yeah and i think like when you you know before and before cyberpunk 2077 came out you think like would keanu even be interested in starring in a video game And, (laughs) and um and and but I think like Keanu's up for he, he's a he's a geek he loves video games and he was in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and by all intents and purposes it sounded like he really enjoyed that experience so I think like he'd be all in on like a triple A John Wick one hundred percent yeah like he'd be all in on that and um, I don't know I don't know who you have make the game like but like I, I like your idea of like um you know base it off like the Rocksteady Batman games and and go with that gameplay loop of like you know, third person action adventure where you just got a really cool suite of moves that you can use to, you know, dispatch justice um, without a cape or a grappling hook and guns. So, yeah, yeah. done. Easy. Triple A <laughs> ship print, you know, fielding proposals, Lionsgate CEO out. That's what uh, basically <laughs> this tweet is. Yep. Uh, Netflix is leaning hard into video game content. They are making a live action Gears of War, not God of War, which I definitely read this as God of War the first time. (laughs) Honestly, I cannot keep those two franchises straight. I cannot do it. My brain will not separate Gears and God. I can't. (laughs) So uh, they're making a live action Gears of War film as well as an adult animated series. So again, like this is coming alongside, like they did Arcane with League of Legends. They did, or they have the Horizon uh, show is in the works. I feel like there's a whole bunch more that I'm just totally blanking on now. But yeah, they're they're doing all kinds of gaming content right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, this is so a Gears of War movie has been in in sort of talks for a, for a long time. Like I think essentially since Gears of War came out, it, it's been sort of rumored that they were trying to make a movie. And and I and I think like there's a difference between you know the you know mid two thousands where every popular video game was like, oh man, we really want to make a movie. And now fast forward to the, you know the twenty twenties where it's like we want to make a movie and we're going to do it and it's going to happen. You know, and you've got horizon you've and you do have god of war god of war is coming to amazon prime um at some point in the near future uh you've got pretty much every adaptation out there outside of nintendo properties that it's being made mm, you know yeah. um we'll see how chris pratt's mario does and and maybe nintendo <laughs> will 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 do something after that but like this specific one is interesting because like the halo um movie and tv show that's been in development hell for a very long time and, and just finally got made. Like it, it's a similar situation with Gears of War where it's been in development hell for a very long time. And um, Netflix has picked it up and, and it's interesting because like they've said live action feature film and then followed by an adult animated series with potential for more. Like the idea being if it's successful, which we'll see, I mean, Netflix's sort of idea oh, of successful yeah. is, um, Look, you're going to get a movie and you're going to get an animated series. And uh, I just wouldn't hold your breath for more unless like you really enjoy being disappointed by Netflix because I feel like they've just been very good at uh, one and done type stuff. Yeah. Um, And and not even by design. You know, it's it's usually just because like they they built it, they build it up so that they can do sequels, but they just have no qualms of, of canceling something if it doesn't live up to like their expectations as opposed to like fan expectations um you know and i and i get it you can't just keep making everything uh forever <laughs> but like if you have no intention of continuing it then don't end it with a cliffhanger i think it's just, <laughs> it just it just upsets me so like i knew going into that resident <laughs> evil series like ah uh, like i knew they were gonna have a cliffhanger and i knew it wasn't gonna get you know renewed just the way it was received but like they still decided to end it on like but yeah season two well, yeah, we didn't get that, but but um, not yeah, season two, but not. <laughs> yeah, I have real issues with the way that Netflix has been uh, renewing their stuff, and I and I find it very hard to to uh, to to get to behind get their, their content. Yeah, yeah. Which then, like, then it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy, or or like a, <laughs> know. a you know circular something something. It's late, obviously, not making good sentences anymore. But basically, it's like you know they put out content you don't have any sort of kind of loyalty to them or trust in their ability to actually carry on the content so you don't watch it because you don't want to get invested on something that's going to get canceled they look at viewer numbers and go nobody's watching this guess we should cancel it and then you look at it and go ha see i knew netflix was going to cancel it so therefore i was right to not watch it it's like but maybe if you'd watched it they wouldn't have canceled it so like we're never going to get out of this downward cancellation spiral because no one has any faith and Netflix to, you know, take that leap of faith. And like, because I feel like I probably, I never finished the Resident Evil series, but I think it's a good example. Like I didn't finish it because you told me there was a cliffhanger. And also it was past the point of when they'd already decided to cancel it. And I was like, well, then I'm not going to finish watching it because who cares? Um, Whereas if they'd taken a bit of a leap of faith, I absolutely would have finished it and looked forward to season two. I thought it was fine. Like I watched the first four episodes I think and I was enjoying it but then I was just like well I don't want to get invested in this because again like you say it was canceled with a cliffhanger so I'm like that frustrates me so much 
So yeah, yeah. Lovecraft count Lovecraft Lovecraft County was the same. I was loving that show, and then I but then then it got canceled, and I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't finished it because I'm like, well, it's again cliffhanger canceled. So yeah, it's we're in this spiral with Netflix where I think out of all of the streaming services and all of the content creation services, I am with you, Ryan. I have the least faith in Netflix as a brand to actually continue a property. So like I don't watch their stuff and I don't get invested in their stuff, which then leads to them canceling things because of low viewership. So yeah. but that's on they them. need to take some, yeah, they need to take some ownership there. But I think we also need to recognize as consumers that if we like something, we need to make sure that we watch it. Even if you just like start it playing on your TV and go to bed just so they get the viewer numbers and then you can watch it again, air quotes, at your leisure, you know. But yeah, I think there's there's a little bit of blame on both sides, but definitely way more on the Netflix side. <laughs> well, you know what? I will watch the Gears of War film when it launches uh, on Netflix. Like I'm excited about this adaptation. I like Gears of War. Um, I like the franchise throughout its um its history, both on the 360 and then now, you know, into the the more Microsoft era with the Xbox One and, and Series X um entries. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'm um I think Netflix's, you know, adaptations of video games uh in the live action sort of side of things are less proven than their animated side. Um I don't think we've seen Outside of The Witcher, you know, I guess maybe it is proven outside of the more recent news, but um, but The Witcher is like also kind of a book adaptation. They haven't done like a straight up, this is a video game live action adaptation um, that, that, that I can think of. But, uh, you know, Horizons in, is probably coming up sooner than this Gears of War one, yeah. um, which will is probably going to be coming in like 2024. So like Netflix has a lot coming up. And um, I'm still excited about Netflix content. I'm not worried about them canceling that blockbuster uh, se- season because I mean, like, it's it's already we already know Netflix canceled blockbuster, so like, I'm I'm expecting that season two not to happen. <laughs> so um, I, I went into that show being like, I'll enjoy ten episodes. <laughs> I don't really care if it, it doesn't get renewed, but uh, um, it would be kind of funny. It's like, no, we're just gonna keep blockbuster alive on Netflix. It's just gonna keep keep renewing it, and we'll have. 20 seasons in a movie. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and speaking of Horizon, uh, some news this week that uh, apparently there's a Horizon MMO in the pipeline, which is interesting. And like, so when I first read this, I was like, oh my God, Horizon, they're making an MMO. This is amazing. And then I'm like, I don't have time for a fucking MMO. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like my, I really went from like super excited, just super down really fast. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's it's um, the team that is supposedly working on it, um, the NCSoft team behind uh, Guild Wars and, and Guild Wars 2. Which like, is a good team. Like Guild yeah. Wars is like a lot of MMO players really like Guild Wars. Like, I mean, when I say MMO, I mean like hardcore. They play MMOs. That's the thing that they do. Um, really like Guild Wars and like the bones of Guild Wars and stuff. So like, I think that this is a good team to be building an MMO. And if you like a, a property, if you like an IP, you want a company like NCSoft behind it. Um, but yeah, like I just, I don't have time, Ryan. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't have time either. And I think Horizon has been interesting. Like, you know, even in this article, they talk about like all the other Horizon games that are being 
you know, worked on in terms of like a Zero Dawn remake, a multiplayer game. There's the VR game coming out. And I'm like, an MMO? Like, I think it's a great world to build out MMO in. Like, it's it's perfect for an MMO. Um, it would be interesting to see, like, what what they do with the IP and and, and how they, uh, they turn it into an MMO. Like, you can have a lot of fun with that. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't have time for um, MMOs in general. Uh, I, I haven't played an MMO in a very long time. But I feel like if it is built around the idea of how Guild Wars 2 is set up and that it is a more, like, action-oriented MMO where you can jump in and enjoy the story and it's not, like, it's not about the subscription or the rating mm-hmm. or whatnot. It's just, if it's more you know, more stuff to experience in that world. That sounds pretty good. Like I like the idea of an MMO where you can like jump in, enjoy it for a couple months, jump out. And I feel like that's kind of what Guild Wars 2 was. It was a little more casual. Um, well, that's basically how I play ESO, right? Is yeah. I go in when they have new content. I play through the story stuff and I poke around at some other zones that I haven't seen yet, but I am not an end game player by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah. Like, I, I can imagine engaging with this Horizon content in a very similar way is like playing it to see the story, to see the world and spend more time in the world, but not to get into any kind of end game, you know, like raiding or or dungeons or PvP or whatever they end up putting in there. Like, I just I just can't keep up with another game as a service. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like I said, I was super excited at first because I was like, yay, new Horizon game. And then very like when when the MMO part hit me and sunk in, I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm sure that I will play it. I'm sure I will throw all of my money at the gajillion dollar collector's edition, whatever that <laughs> looks like. I don't even care. Like I, I will be all in on it, but I won't play it like an MMO is meant to be played. That's for sure. I will very much take a single player story only approach to it um, just to see what, what you've got going on in there. But I think it'll be really interesting too, just to even see how they like split people into factions and races and cause everyone can't be Aloy. Right. So what does that look like? I think that it's an interesting universe to explore there. Like, can I make a Banuk warrior? Can I be like Karja? Like, I, I think that there's a lot of really interesting potential there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. And again, in the pipeline is very much like an announcement of an announcement. This is way far out. So maybe I'll be done with all other games by the time this comes out and I'll be able to jump into an MMO because I won't be playing anything else. Who knows? Who knows? WoW could be dead. Hearthstone could be dead. <laughs> dead by Daylight could be dead. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. WoW is just done. Hey, we finished yeah. WoW. The end. Go the play end. this one. <laughs> they probably should have done that after Legion. But that's a whole other yeah. different discussion. <laughs> Do you want to have a quick chat about Nintendo and what's going on with them this week before we wrap up the show? Yeah, I mean, like speaking of announcements of announcements, like think this is this announcement is very similar to the Nintendo Pictures um story we had a couple months ago where Nintendo is uh developing a new joint venture company with uh, DNA, which is the mobile company that they worked with um on a lot of their mobile titles, pretty much all of them except for um, 
Pokemon Go. The, yeah, Pokemon Go, and then the Fire Emblem Heroes one, which was developed. Uh, <laughs> so the two wildly successful ones. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's funny. Like you, you do that say sounded that sounded very right. shady. I didn't mean it that way. I you're, just <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, Mario Kart Tour does all right, but like, yeah, the the two successful ones are were more developed um, outside of this partnership. But but I think they're they're very much related to this partnership in the sense that like. Basically, Nintendo and DNA are, are developing a joint venture company called Nintendo Systems, which will look to basically um, uh, look to develop and research and upgrade their uh, their N- Nintendo's business and like the value added services and digitization of their business and like yeah, it's like it's like a lot of company speak right now. There is not there's nothing really here that's like what does this turn into? They, they they don't even mention like, is does this turn into more mobile games? I, I think what it does really look at is like, this is a team that's going to be devoted to, um, you know, building out the services of the Nintendo account, you know, similar to how Sony and, you know, uh, Microsoft have their PlayStation plus and game pass teams. I think Nintendo really hasn't had like a dedicated, you know, um, team or or even a, like a, a solid strategy to how they interact with their consumers through through the Nintendo account. Like I know mm-hmm. there's Nintendo Switch Online and there's the expansion pass, but like even that rollout of how the virtual console works, like it's not at all close to how Nintendo used to do it or even how it's done now by other companies. Yeah. You know, like Game Pass and PlayStation Plus sees like multiple games. Um, you know, five between five and ten games added to the service a month. Whereas like Nintendo's like, guess what? You're gonna get Wave Race this month. But don't worry, we'll have more to say about what comes next month, next month, when we give you Mario Party One and get this two from N64. <laughs> so like it's very, very different and and it and Man, um, even you sound jaded about Nintendo <laughs> and their service right now which i didn't think you had it in you (laughs) i do i do have it in me um i think it's just i think nintendo is playing catch up and and um and and they do get away with like they have that like they have that that um they they have the the back catalog that like when when they say like hey you're gonna get mario party one and two it's like well shit like i haven't been able to play those since i played them on the n64 Whereas, like, on the PlayStation and Xbox, like, no one wants to play, you know, those similar games that came out around the time of Mario Party 1 and 2, you know? So, like, Nintendo has that back catalog that they can rely on to get away with saying, like, hey, we're going to give you one new N64 game a month and you're going to praise us for it. Um, (laughs) But I think, like, you know, I've really liked to see that Nintendo is, like, saying, like, they're, they're establishing these these companies they are behind don't get me wrong they're they're they are far behind they're about half a decade to a decade behind on this stuff but like at least they're making the they're they're putting in the effort they're building out like their nintendo pictures stuff so that they can start working on more adaptations and keep them in house um or or at least play a, a closer role in in building out those adaptations and that's catching up with you know microsoft's piles of money that they throw at studios and Sony being like a, like a film studio already. And then this with Nintendo systems, like I think it just, it shows that they're going to, they're, they're at least trying to take it seriously. Like what comes of this? Who knows? Like it could turn into nothing. Like, um, 
we could just get two N64 games a month instead of one. And and that's what could come from this. But I'm, I'm optimistic. Like it's nice to see that Nintendo is doing something. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and whatever it ends up being, we'll see who knows, but it is exciting that they're, they're saying at least like, Hey, we are, we are actively working to um, co-develop and, 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 and make some cool stuff for your Nintendo account. What that happens to be, I don't know. Maybe it's like a Zelda uh, pottery smashing game. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I I, <laughs> I know that you were super critical tonight, which I was not expecting, but I still feel like if they made a Zelda pot smashing mobile game that you would pay them for it and be happy about it. So. Yeah, I would pay the Triforce <laughs> subscription premium model yeah. and... Uh, that allows me to smash three extra pots a day, and yep, <laughs> um, and I unlock the the fast pass, which just basically allows you to do the spinny move in the room. Yep, um, from from uh, Wind Waker. You know, none of that other games where you stand in one spot. No, Wind Waker, no, no, just, no. Wind Waker swirls is what yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> where you just run around the room swinging your sword. Anyways, yep. I like yeah, I like Nintendo's mobile offerings. I think they're they're way better than than any of the other, you know, uh, PlayStation or Xbox offerings. So they've got that going for them. I, I mean, mainly because they don't have really anything on the other sides, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I'm, I will, I will continue to watch this one. I, I hope it brings good things for Nintendo fans for sure. Well, that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can join the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And don't forget to support this year's Extra Life campaign by going to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>